This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Barron's The Way Forward. I'm Greg Bartalis and my guest today is Abby Salome, Chief Marketing Officer at Case. Welcome, Abby. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Now, prior to your role at Case, uh, you were at Hightower Advisors. What drew you to the fintech space and, and more specifically to Case? So it's interesting. I've spent my entire career um, going back 20 years in support of independent advisors, whether that was from the custodian side, the um, publishing side, or more recently with large RIA aggregator firms and providing them with guidance and direction on growing their business, marketing themselves, like really um, accelerating the growth of their businesses. And I was ready for something different. And when I left Hightower, it was really um, due to the pandemic and just being home with three teenagers homeschooling. And when I thought I was retiring, nine months later, the kids are out of the house and I'm wondering what I'm doing with myself. And I started thinking about what haven't I done yet? And um, Case caught my attention, not only because they were a fintech firm, but because I had really seen firsthand, especially at Hightower, the struggles that advisors had with understanding and investing in alternative investments for their clients. It's a really burdensome process. So the idea of helping advisors gain access to something that they struggled with was really what first drew me in to learning more about CASE. It does seem that education would be a key component of this because in broad strokes, they know what it is, clients know what it is, but there's an element often of uneasiness and it's like a little abstract and they often hew to the traditional asset classes, of course, stocks, bonds, and maybe they with REITs, they tiptoe towards there. But, but tell me about the role of education and, and how important that is. Well, it's really important. And that was the other thing that drew me to Case. Um, there was this education platform that they had started to embark on called Case IQ. And now I run that business for the firm in addition to the other work that I do. And we really are all about um, access, but it's more of responsible access. So when you think about responsible access, it's all about leading with learning. So for every single product we have on the platform, there's a corresponding Case IQ course. Um, we also have courses that are available to any advisor that are on foundations that offer CE credits. But what's beautiful about this platform is that it really is tech-enabled. So it's very different from some of the training that we've all been through, which could be textbook training or tons of reading um, it's very intuitive and it's very multimedia, media rich. So you could read something and then you get some questions and then there's a video and you might get more questions. So it really takes you through a journey. I've got a team of learning designers that actually are schooled in the science of learning behaviors and they're the ones that create these courses, and they're really fantastic. It's like the best-kept secret. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that the, the UX for that is very intuitive and user-friendly. Very, very, very. And it's fun. It makes it fun. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that um, education is probably the biggest barrier to entry for advisors 
Because if they don't feel confident talking about it with their clients, they're not going to feel confident investing in something. Right. So it's really teaching them the complex trends and issues and structures so that they can feel more confident talking about it with their clients. I do find it interesting. Like, so with now at Case, you understand the advisory world. So you have, you understand the culture, the motivations, the personalities. So I imagine that that's a great benefit to Case to. It's a great benefit to Case because I truly do understand the mind of the independent advisor and how they think and how they grow their business and how they manage their business and, and manage their clients. It was a definitely a new learning curve for me to be in the alternative investment space. So I think that was probably um, what excited me the most was that I got to learn something new in this year that I've been here um, that's been incredibly exciting. Yeah, I read, forgive me, I forget where I came across this fact, but first confirmed that it is a fact, but it was really eye-opening. Basically, it said that Case in the first half of 2022 had more revenue or profit than all of 2021? I don't know if that's the exact number, but our growth and our trajectory has been tremendous. And I think that's coupled by a couple of things. Like number one, uh, the 60-40 portfolio is obviously not performing in a way that makes it appealing. So advisors have to rethink how they're allocating to investments in order to either enhance outcomes or preserve capital um, for their clients. At the same time, Case was on a precipitous of success. It's a 10-year-old startup, we like to say. Mm -hmm. And we finally got capital investment a year ago that helped propel our growth. So we went from a firm of 40 people to a firm of 300 people in 18 months. So whether or not um, those numbers are correct, I can tell you that the volume of business that we are seeing from the independent wealth channel has been remarkable. I've heard talk about, you know, from 60-40, we're going to 60-20-20. That's something that's out there. I am curious, however, that with the sell-off in stocks and bonds, all things considered, both now look a little more attractive than a year ago before the market fell apart. To what extent, if any, does their increased relative attractiveness act as a headwind for you, right? Because bonds now, again, are more attractive. Can you have both, that those suddenly look more attractive, but your growth will remain stronger? It's not so much a zero-sum game, or I'm just curious to explore that. So it's interesting, and obviously it depends on the advisor, and it depends on the client that he or she is serving. Um, when we've asked advisors and we've surveyed advisors recently, we did two studies um, just in the past six months. One was with Mercer, who's our due diligence and research partner. And then we did one at the Morningstar conference, just walking around asking advisors questions. And most of them indicated that they would likely be increasing their alternative investment sleeve of their portfolios. Um at least up to 15%, which is a big number. Like institutions could be at 50% right now, especially in light of the fact that the balance has changed. Um, so in order to increase the sleeve of alternatives, you have to decrease something else. So what is being decreased? And depending upon the advisor you ask, some of them were selling out a fixed income for sure. 
some of them were really waiting until they were rebalancing the portfolios anyway, and then taking the cash even at year end when they do tax loss harvesting, for Mm -hmm. example, Mm -hmm. they'll use that money and reinvest it into alternatives. And then some of them were using new assets from new clients to create portfolios from the start that included that sleeve of alternatives, and then new assets from existing clients, they would put that into an alternative sleeve to balance out the portfolio. So it really just depended on the situation, but the bottom line is that it is 89% of advisors that we surveyed said that they plan on increasing their allocation to alternatives. Okay. And and when they do invest with you, do they typically get a, you know, is it a diversified diversified exposure or do, or do some of them just like pick and choose? How does that play So out? we have, we are really a marketplace. So we bring the leading asset managers together with the independent advisors through technology. We don't actually manage any of the funds. Right. So you have the alt managers on one side and then the independent advisors and you're kind of the intermediary. Exactly. Yeah. So it really is up to them, what we do provide is the education. Each fund on the platform has a ton of materials, prospectuses, webinars from the PM. Our sales team also acts as like a very deep client service person and connects the advisor to the portfolio manager to have those greater conversations if needed. But we don't make any recommendations. We don't right. do the due diligence in-house. We really we really act as like the marketplace bringing people together, driving engagement and community, but not necessarily actually making any recommendations. So so I'm just curious with the, this what appear, appears to be breakneck growth. To the extent you can explain, like what's behind it, is it is it that they're the that you're just filling creating this platform that the market was it there was this demand was there and the supply is there, but there wasn't that conduit the conduit yes yeah it's a little like eBay almost pulling the buyers and sellers together it's yeah. a platform of source but yeah yeah um, I think it's a couple of things I think there wasn't a way for advisors to access a wide array of alternative investments in one place. So I think that's number one. I think number two, independent advisors are still fairly new to alternative investments. The wirehouses have had them for a long time, but the independent advisors have never really had access to those products, unless you were a really huge advisor with some really huge high net worth clients, like Uber high net worth clients. So I think It was the conduit that was now available to them. I think it was the trend in the market to move away from a 60-40 portfolio. And I think we're providing the education that advisors need to help them understand and feel more comfortable investing in alternatives. Okay. And tell me about um, younger investors. I'm increasingly seeing that they're much more interested in alts overall. So you have clearly with older investors, there's X demand, but that's a separate thing that they're, you know, they believe a little less in the traditional asset classes and they're open to other things. So can you talk a little about that? So I actually, millennials, basically 39% of millennials have said that they've left their existing advisor because they didn't have access to alternatives. Hmm. And that's not something that um, we found from our research. It's from third-party research from Capgemini. But what we see is that when you do look at the next generation of investors, 
there is definitely um, a gear or a trend towards looking at alternative investments, not even in the way that we think of them at Case, but crypto and, you know, a lot of other things that aren't even on our platform. Right. I mean, even like uh, vintage, valuable baseball cards. I mean, a lot exactly. of these are just getting really NFTs big. NFTs and, you know, All sports teams and, yeah. you know, things like that. Right. And technology is just really acting as a conduit to create liquidity effectively and a lot of data. So it's creating a much more real marketplace than in years past. Yeah. So. And I think, um, I mean, I don't know the the research off the top of my head, but I think that if you were to go to many of the direct access websites um, that the younger generation is using, like the Robin Hoods or whatnot, what you would find is that they are investing a lot in the Bitcoins and, and things like that. Is this number correct that Case is used by more than 5,000 advisory firms over two and a half trillion in assets? Is that ballpark? That is that is accurate. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say because when we count our users, that's users, right? So there's over 5,500 users, um, I believe, as of the end of Q3. A user can be one advisor, but it could also be a large RIA firm that has you know, hundreds of advisors. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on how the user is using the case platform. For example, um, Advisor Group, which is a huge independent broker dealer, is using our platform exclusively for all of their advisors for alternative investments. That could be hundreds of advisors that start transacting through the case platform, but it might not show up in our numbers as being that many because they're grouped together under one user. Right. Right. So it's a little bit of a misnomer. But regardless, we have grown a lot in the last, uh, I would say the last year to two years has been remarkable growth, which is why I'm, I was glad I joined at the time that I did. Um, are there any misconceptions that people have? I mean, education is clearly helping that. But just in general, in terms of media narratives or what have, is there something that you often read about and you say, that's not true or... I think, unfortunately, a lot of advisors have had, at some point in time, have had either a negative experience with an alternative investment or knew somebody who had a negative experience with an alternative investment. So it's those made-off type things that cause people to have even more concern. So helping distill confidence in the asset classes themselves is just part of the challenge. And I think that, again, going back to the education piece, you know, if we can properly educate advisors and have them understand these complex products, then I think they feel more confident in using them in their client portfolios. And look, you know, the one sense of security that and the reason we built the platform by using Mercer is so that we are outsourcing that whole function of due diligence. And Mercer doesn't just do due diligence on the investments. They actually do operational due diligence as well. They look at the books and records of the company to make sure that the company's books and records are actually legitimate. And if they don't pass the Mercer sniff test, doesn't get on our platform. 
are there any plans on the horizon that, for case that you want to talk about? Or No, I think that um, the one thing I will say is that I think there's a huge opportunity for advisors to leverage alternatives in ways that they haven't thought of. There's also new structures that are popping up every day in the alternative investment space so that they could provide more liquidity than than the true private investments. Um, interval funds, for example, we've seen a huge increase in interval funds that have intermittent liquidity, so you're not locking up the money for five years. So I think that creativity in the product space, coupled with inventive technology like what we're doing um, is going to drive the marketplace even more. And now we're working with more and more firms that are large, large firms, independent broker dealers that know that they need to find a single solution for their advisors for alternatives. And what we have found is because Case IQ and Case can go hand in hand, a firm like Advisor Group can say, you know what, we're only going to approve these five funds on your platform for our advisors. When the advisors come in that are under that broker-dealer, they will only see those five funds. So it's permissioning the users. The corresponding Case IQ courses for those funds are all those advisors will see. In addition, the home office can mandate that the firm's advisors take those five courses before they actually can even access the product. Mm. So they may have to finish the course. Mm -hmm. The minute they finish the course and pass it, that block opens up for them to be able to invest. And at the home office, they have a line of sight into dashboards that will show them who's taken a course, who's in the middle of a course, who completed a course, who transacted, so that they can really have a line of sight and supervise the alternative investment space, which, as we know, the large broker-dealers have also been dinged in the past couple of years about non-supervisory procedures and over-alternative investments. So, Yeah, that's really interesting, mm -hmm. having that level of visibility and clarity, and it definitely can help mitigate risk. To, to do that. It's a risk management tool, for sure, not to mention the operational efficiencies, because, right. you know, we can... We, we connect all the pipes with all the custodians and the performance reporters and all of that stuff. That's very smart. Yeah, it's fun. S yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, been, a, it's been a ride, um, but it's been a fun ride. And I'm excited for the future of our platform and what we're building today to really further drive engagement and community within the platform itself. Um, not to mention some additional bells and whistles that I think the advisor community really needs. And your, your CEO, Matt Brown, I, I said that it, you have about 20% market share amongst RIAs using platforms to access alts and that um, like to increase that to 50% eventually. He would love that to yeah. be the case. He reminds us of that every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we have a good shot of getting there. Look, there's a lot of new entrants into the market these days. Um, there's new firms popping up because they see the opportunity as well. That to us just validates that we've been doing something for 10 years that finally has caught on. So um, so I think we will see pretty, pretty remarkable growth continue. Before we end... Can I ask you for an actionable idea, something for the listeners that might help them get closer to this world of alt, demystified, et cetera? 
Yeah, I think if anything, I would encourage them to take some foundation courses. Um, you know, they're available to anyone in the public. Um, if you're an advisor and you really just want to learn about the foundations of alternative investments, the foundation of real estates, the foundation of hedge funds, um, these are really fun interactive courses that you can get through in a half hour to 50 minutes. 50 minutes is the requirement for CE credits, so a lot of them are 50 minutes. Um, but they're great basic foundational ways to learn about these different asset classes and asset structures, which can help you understand this this segment of the market a little bit better. Okay. Well, terrific. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining and for sharing all that. Thank you for having me. It's been really a pleasure. Well, my pleasure as well. My guest was Abby Salome. For more advisor-specific podcasts, please check out barons.com slash podcast. For The Way Forward, I'm Greg Bartalis. This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more.